Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. COVID, we know it's affected consumer behavior. Exactly how has it though? Well, on this episode of Growth Hack, we talk COVID and how it's affected purchasing behavior. Take a moment to think for a second. Since COVID, have you changed the way you buy things? Locally versus online? What did you used to buy in the store? What do you buy online now? I know I have. It's funny. There's some things I would have never considered purchasing online. But because of COVID, now I have. Toothpaste, paper towels, kitchen soap, and the list goes on. These behavior changes have big implications for businesses. For this conversation, we brought in Greg Sterling. Greg is the VP of Market Insights for Uberall. Greg was also a contributing editor for Search Engine Land for the last 14 years. Welcome, Greg. Hi, Julian. It's good to be here. Let's get right into it. How has COVID specifically impacted local search? COVID's impacted everything about the internet, obviously. Um, local search is a kind of subset of that, and it's important because most things that people are doing online historically have pertained to their communities, their area, right? Restaurants, where do I buy something, appointments, uh, services, you know, paint somebody to come in and paint my bathroom. So people have historically used the internet to find all this information. And it wasn't really well understood because it wasn't trackable until mobile, which, you know, goes back now 15 years to the iPhone. But um, with specifically, once COVID you know, triggered these lockdowns, people couldn't go out to stores to the same degree. I mean, they could, but not, not exactly. And so people started buying everything online, right? I mean, you, you've heard the, the sort of, it's, it's now almost a cliche, you know, 10 years of e-commerce in 90 days, you know, the e-commerce evolution. And it's kind of true. People started buying more things online in just in total volume and different kinds of things than they had ever bought before. And I think that, you know, one in one of the quarters last year, Target said that like 50% of their e-commerce buyers were new to Target.com. These were loyal Target customers who really didn't buy anything online, but suddenly were driven online to buy stuff. So you have a much bigger e-commerce audience than you than you uh, than you did before. And so um, uh, now we have this kind of hybrid phenomenon where people will buy online and pick something up in the store or they'll reserve online or they'll order online and then there's some sort of offline fulfillment. So there's there's a much more hybridized crossover kind of environment now than we used to have where it was much more it was much cleaner sort of pure e-commerce pure online or or offline even though people were doing online research. You, you know it's interesting because I mean me as a we're all in digital this is what we do for a living. There was just things that I bought in store. Um, I always bought my toothpaste. I always bought my deodorant. I always bought really particular. Yeah, I always taught bought particular items. But then if I was buying like a new flashlight for my camping gear, like I'd buy that online. Right, exactly. So you're a microcosm of the larger phenomenon, right? So something that stuff like toothpaste or, you know, whatever that you never would have thought about buying online before because you were just out in the world and going into stores. Now people are doing that. And they they appreciate the convenience of that. Um, so so we're now living in a in a much more digitally centric. I mean, the the internet was already sort of a dominant influence on purchase behavior, but now we're in a much more digitally centric 
world. That doesn't mean that people aren't still getting stuff from stores. Most commerce is still happening in stores, but the internet is much more front and center in that entire process. People are buying cars online, right? I mean, that's been one of the biggest um, changes is the degree to which the whole car buying process is migrating online. And that's something that you never, like years ago, people would would have said, oh, I'm no one's going to ever buy a car online. Now it's happening and it's becoming more and more routine. So for local businesses, what do you think we need to be paying attention to from a local marketing standpoint? So so our, when you say local business, right, this is one of the sort of challenges of this space is what does local mean? So often people use the word local to refer to small business, but it can also refer to Starbucks or Best Buy or Walmart, right? These are businesses that exist in the community. And in fact, in some survey um, at Uberall, we, we run a bunch of consumer surveys and one of them we asked, do you consider you know, these branded stores, these outlets of big national chains to be local businesses? And two thirds said yes. So it's, you know, but you're talking about small business, right? Yeah, we're talking about like, you know, the, the small, like where, where you really can't sell something online or maybe they can be selling online and they just haven't. So what, what kind of impact have you seen specifically and what should they be paying attention to? Well, the short, the short answer is they need to, they need to make the assumption that their customer is, is always going to start from a, from a digital sort of first position, right? It's going to be Google. In some cases, it's going to be Amazon, but it's going to be primarily one of those two places and mostly Google where people will do some sort of category high level search, right? So X near me or best X in geography. And they need to be present in those search results, right? They either need to be in that three pack on Google or they need to be on a site like Yelp where people are going to go into a secondary kind of investigation. So they, they have to be there. Also, social media is very, very important for them. And most small businesses are already kind of on social media in one form or another. What do you think in terms of these changes? Or do you think they're going to be permanent? Do you think people are going to go back? Am I going to start going to buy deodorant back in the store again? What's going on? Well, so yes and no. The example that I like to... So the answer is both. Some changes are permanent, but there's going to be some reversion to old behavior. So um, uh, grocery shopping is a good good metaphor for this whole space, right? I, I had never really had groceries delivered before COVID. And then I started having de deliveries from Whole Foods. And it was, a, you know, for the most part, it was a good experience until they raised, until they put that service charge on it whenever. And I haven't done it since, since that time. But, um, but so, so most of the time, you know, I go into the store. Sometimes I have groceries delivered and sometimes I buy the groceries online and I pick them up in the parking lot. And it all depends upon my schedule, convenience, wh whatever's going on. So this is this is now the, the, the way that consumers approach things. I might buy it online. I might buy it offline. Depends on what's going on for me today. Uh, you know, if I don't have time, I'm going to get it online. Or if I need it faster, I might get it offline. You know, it's it's going to be completely situational. You don't have online and offline shoppers like you used to. You used to have people who were more oriented toward online shopping and then the majority offline. And now you have agnosticism, right? It's going to be entirely situationally dependent. So you might buy toothpaste in the store if you're in the store and you see it, but you're you're going to keep buying it online. They're not mutually exclusive. And that's that's a profound difference. 
You know, it's interesting to chart this on a chart because we've got the bell curve, right? So we've got the biggest, the most adopters had already happened. Anyone who was going to use the internet had already been using it. And the people who hadn't used it weren't using it. But at this point, I mean, the funny thing is you see grandmas now on Zoom, right? You would have, which you would have never seen before. And, and, and the funny thing is how many of them love it, right? They, they, they love uh, being online and they love this, 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 this whole internet of things um, and, and this evolution. So it'd be interesting to see that curve. Do you guys have any data on like what that curve has looked like? Well, I mean, I think, I think you're right that it is a bell curve. You know, the, the, the people that sit and stay in a windowless room and buy everything online on the one hand and then the people that, you know, hadn't bought much of anything on, on the other side. And then, and then everybody in the middle. But what what what's really so in terms of data, um, you know, I can't I can't. I mean, the 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 um, you know the e-commerce numbers. You know, there was triple digit growth last year, and there's all kinds of data on what kinds of things consumers are buying. The thing I can pull out of my posterior here is uh, an, a, a, a a survey data uh, point that. Uh, says 96% of consumers, and this was at 4,000 consumers across different countries, 96% of consumers are using the internet as part of their purchase process, whether the transaction is online or offline. And 60% um, are usually or always doing that. So the, the number of people who went from casual internet users or occasional buyers online to much more frequent buyers or much more intense users is what's really changed. It's a question of degree and intensity rather than completely new populations coming online, even though that that did happen as in my target example. So it's like you're buying, you didn't buy toothpaste, now you're buying toothpaste. Some, somebody didn't buy a car, now they're buying a car. Somebody didn't buy shoes ever online, now they're buying shoes online, you know, that kind of thing. I do like this concept that the answer is both, right? That it's, it, it is it is happening and some of it will go back some of it won't it's just the new the, the new norm right well let me let me make a, let me make one one other point that that I made to you kind of in our earlier call sorry for extending here one of the things that's really important to recognize about stores physical locations people trust those businesses because they're familiar with them if you have a business in the community you're more likely to be trusted you have to be online you have to be prepared to service people online, but that store is a huge asset. And one thing that's not well understood is the way in which stores help people buy online with confidence. If there's a store there that I can take something back to, I'm going to be much more likely to buy something online than I would if there's no store and I have to think about shipping it back and the hassle of doing that. And I think Amazon has solved a little bit of that. Um, they've definitely eased the pain for me. Absolutely. Um, you know, I can just go into a Whole Foods and literally drop it off with not like, no packaging, just here you go. Here's this thing. And that's a great experience. That's a great experience. And it does it, it does make it a lot easier to deal with like, oh, I take a risk on something that you might otherwise not because you can it's so easy to get, you know, drop drop it back off. I was doing that with um what is it? Uh ankle braces. I needed an ankle brace. My ankle started weaning a little bit and I said, you know what? I need to get an ankle brace. I tried like three different ones, bought them all sent two of them back, kept one. Exactly. And that's what people, that's, that behavior is something that's very common, is that people will buy one size on either side of the one that they think they need, because they're essentially trying stuff on, and then they're going to send it back. That's, that's a very common behavior. And so this is not a sustainability podcast, but we have heard that there is a lot of issues with that, with that concept um, that Amazon deals with in these returns. But 
that's for another podcast. Someone else will, will take that on. So going into this post, uh, uh, cause we're still during COVID we're still recording this. We're recording this one in, uh, October. Right. Um, but we're, we're starting to get to the late stages of COVID and, and, and hopefully be exiting out of that. What's your advice moving forward to digital marketers and, and, and companies, um, to adapt to this post COVID consumer behavior? Well, I mean, it's going to sound very mundane, you know, to, to anybody who's in digital marketing, they're, they're already drinking the, the Kool-Aid here. It's like, you have to do more, you have to, you have to do more of what you're doing and you have to recognize that you have to deliver a good experience. I mean, if you're a p- direct to consumer, pure play e-commerce, you're, you're already sort of n- know what you need to be doing. But if you're, if you're a physical business that has a digital presence, you really have to amp up, beef up that digital presence and recognize it's the starting point. And you've got to make the best impression you can there and push as much of your information online, whether it's inventory or, you know, your story as a business, images, all of that has to be online. It's got, it's not just a perfunctory thing. You've got to, you've got to make your first impression there, give the consumer the best experience, and then leverage that store, that local presence as well as part of that whole thing. Um, I mean, there's a longer conversation about, you know, ad pricing and the cost of marketing online and how that's sort of gone through the roof like everything else. And and that's an interesting discussion because a lot of direct-to-consumer brands are going offline and people are trying things like out of home to deal with the cost of social ads and, you know, PPC ads on Google in certain categories. But it's it's just more and you've got to do it better is the sort of crude, the crude version. Understand where your customers are, really know what your customers are doing, don't make assumptions, and then follow them online and and deliver the best experience you can, which is a holistic proposition, obviously. When you say more, you're just saying you need to do be doing more online, right? Yes. You need to be you need to be doing like so for the for the companies that set up a GMB presence, for example, Google My Business, and they just, you know, they put up basic information you know, a few photographs, and maybe they're using Google posts occasionally, you've got to turn that up, you know, turn up the volume on all of that. What, what does that look like? Better images, more images, use Google posts, um, you know, video, get your products there, what's see what's in store, um, you know, showcase your business much more completely. And then reviews, you know, really, really invest in responding to reviews and engaging with people in reviews, you know, that's really important. I mean, that's a whole, I just wrote a, re- a report on review fraud. That's a whole long other discussion. But but only, only this was as of 2019. It's like a minority of, of brands that had local stores were responding to reviews on Google My Business. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's totally being neglected. So, it, 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 I mean, it seems self-evident to us, but it's, off, it's often an operational problem for some of these larger organizations. Small businesses get it and they do a better job, generally speaking. But you've got to, you've got to, turn up the volume on all your efforts and and images have become really important high quality lot of images important for for even for ranking to some degree now um let alone sort of the conversion thing which is ultimately where you want to go all right so local search is evolving uh everything's evolving digitally and our behaviors are changing everything's changing so i think you've been doing something really special um keeping you know, the industry informed. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, Mike Blumenthal and David Mim and I started a, a newsletter, started a site called nearmedia.co. And it's just really a place for us to express opinions and keep tabs on what's going on in the industry. We do a, a weekly podcast 
and we have a three times a week uh, newsletter and there's some longer pieces there. You can uh, find it at uh, nearmedia.co and we'd love for you to subscribe and give us feedback. It's a, it's a kind of a, a, you know, a side project, a pet project, but it may evolve into something else over time. What's the name of the show? We, we call it the Near Memo. It's not my, not, not my uh, I didn't come up with that, but uh, you know, close to the brand, hewing close to the brand, not too many brands. Near Memo, and it's on Apple, Spotify, all the major uh, places. Exactly. Well, Greg, thanks for coming on the show. We really, really appreciate it. I'm going to definitely tune into that podcast. There'll be a link to the podcast and a link to the newsletter uh, in the show notes. And uh, thanks for being here. And if you guys want to hear uh, more about local search, let us know and we'll invite and Greg, uh, we will invite Greg back. Thank you. Hopefully. Vote for me. Yes. Want to come back. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye.